Hello and welcome to another episode of Growing Pain. I'm Jace. And I'm Jen. And for those of you that happen to be watching this podcast, which doesn't really make it a podcast anymore, I have baby Jade once again strapped to me and asleep uh, in the ergo baby carrier, but who knows for how long. Yeah, time will tell. Uh, This week's episode is titled Postpartum. And I automatically assumed that when it was postpartum, it would mean postpartum depression, Mm. uh, which is uh, a pretty big topic. Um, But it isn't. Postpartum covers a lot. It basically just means after baby, right? Yeah. Uh, My Latin isn't too bad. (laughs) A little bit rusty on my Latin. Um, Yes. So postpartum covers pretty much everything post the delivery of the baby. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, obviously, it does have a lot of association with uh, postpartum depression or anxiety. Um, but really, I think today, um, mainly I want to talk about all the things that a lot of women um, deal with after delivering a baby, um, including the physical and the mental changes, basically. So that's what we're talking about. Um, and I think... For me, a lot of it is to do with the um, – well, I guess a lot of it is I thought would be physical changes postpartum, um, but I never really expected the um, impact that it would have on my mental state. Um, so I'm going to be covering some of the physical stuff like weight gain before, uh, before the delivery of the baby and the weight loss postpartum. Um, hair loss, which is something that I really didn't know, um, that would happen and didn't expect, but that, um, became quite a big thing. Um, well, that is happening currently. Um, also the healing of the body physically postpartum. Um, and hopefully we'll also cover a little bit about postpartum anxiety that, um, that people experience and what my experience, um, is on that. So, um, to kickstart, I guess, uh, the big one, which I think a lot of women have, um, uh, have fears around is, um, weight gain. And that was never really one of the things that impacted on my thoughts, um, during pregnancy. Now, everybody who loves, who knows me knows that I love my food. Um, I'm a huge foodie um, pre-pregnancy. And I really thought that after I became pregnant that I would have all these um, huge cravings and, and just be eating a lot, like eating for two, three, four, five people, who knows? Because um, normally I feel like I eat for two anyways pre-pregnancy. Um, but the, the weird thing that for me was I didn't actually um, – I didn't actually experience a weight gain um, to an extreme extent that I thought I would. Um, now we're going to get down to the nitty gritty stuff or the, the, the details, which I, I think a lot of people want to know. Um, so pre-pregnancy, I weighed around 60 kilos, which is um, ideal um, BMI or body mass index for my height. Um, my height is about 164 centimeters or five, four, five, three or five, four. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm in feet, but, um, yeah. So being 60 kilos, that was probably, um, a, a good weight range, um, to, 
become pregnant or to, to start your pregnancy journey. Um, and, uh, and I guess I didn't really gain much weight at all for the first two trimesters. So first trimester, I, um, gained zero to very, very little weight. And I was actually quite worried when I went to the obstetrician for checkups, I was thinking, man, I really should be putting on weight. And I mean, I haven't really had any intense cravings. I wasn't, as I mentioned in the last episode, I had a loss of appetite. So a lot of food, I actually didn't want to eat um, food that just kind of make me want to gag, um, whereas normally I would love. And maybe that attributed to the fact that I hadn't had much weight gain. And actually, um, during the first trimester, a lot of women have a a weight loss just because of all the morning sickness and a, a lot of that sort of nausea, nausea, nausea that they experience means that they can't eat a lot of food. Um, so I, I experienced more morning sickness, um, not to an extreme extent, um, but I certainly didn't really want to eat a lot of food. So weight gain for me for the first two trimesters was a, a non-issue. I basically, I think I gained about five to six kilos in the first um, two trimesters, which is quite minimal, I would say. Um, and then, and so my baby bump was basically non-existent. I didn't, I don't think I showed until my sixth month or like somewhere, you know, towards the end of my second trimester. It was a, it was a pretty regular comment from people that you didn't look that pregnant. Yeah. And I mean, I had no real point of reference other than seeing like, you know, other pregnant people out and about, but I, you know, I, I wasn't able to gauge like how far along they were. Mm. Um, I do remember that we saw one of our neighbors downstairs <clears throat> and he'd seen us so many times and at no point had he ever registered that you were pregnant or maybe he was just being polite. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, sometimes you can't tell, right? But he, like when you said that, you know, it was basically due this month, mm. he was shocked and mm. he's like, oh, you just don't look like you're that far along. Mm. And I don't know if he felt some guilt around that because later on when we saw him, he was just like, oh, no, you are really showing. Like, <laughs> you know, I was, you know, maybe he thought. And, and he's the he's the father of, of three young daughters. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I never really thought too much about the size of the bump or the weight or anything. I knew that gaining weight was important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every time you stepped on those scales, I think you you and I were both hoping that it would be something substantial. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I found that very interesting. Yeah. And it also um, just to piggyback on, on the back of that, it, um, because I had been working from home for most of last year when I was sort of in my first and second trimester, um, I didn't really go in the office that much. So when I did end up going into the office towards the end of the year, um, people still couldn't really tell that I was pregnant. And obviously I had told my team members that I was pregnant, but if I hadn't said anything, I don't think they would have um, suspected anything. And certainly not in a way that was like, oh, is she pregnant or does she just have a pizza for lunch, you know? <laughs> so A whole pizza. <laughs> yeah, five pizzas. Um and I think maybe because of the clothes that I wear, which is usually not that f- sort of tight fitting anyways, um, it just wasn't, you know, very hard for people to tell whether I was pregnant or not. Um, 
So I was constantly sort of worried about the fact that, you know, am I, why am I not putting on weight? Like what's wrong with my baby bump? You know, constantly comparing my baby bump to other people, even though I know in my head that everybody's different. Um, like literally everybody is different. Um, and so I, but you know, in the third trimester, that sort of ramps it up. Like I think you do tend to gain most weight in the third trimester, especially in the last few weeks, um, you're sort of gaining weight exponentially. And that's when I gained, gained another, I think six to seven kilos. So all in all, I gained, um, I think by, by the time, by the time I was sort of close to delivery, um, I was gaining about 14 kilos in total, which is, is that a lot? I would say, um, so the obstetrician told me 10 to 12 kilos, um, is good, is ideal, but anything sort of, um, like 10 to 15 is normal. And, um, I mean, the thing is, I've spoken to so many women and I've, I've heard outlandish numbers, like outlandish weight gains like there are people who said that they've gained 35 kilos um and these are like petite women that have gained 35 kilos in their first pregnancies like 20 kilos 20 plus kilos is very very common that i've heard so um the fact that i've only gained around um 13 14 kilos i was thinking you know what's wrong (laughs) you know is, is something wrong but obviously um those numbers are still normal and um and yeah, so I was okay with that. And, um, straight after I had Jade, um, I had lost, I think about five kilos straight away. So, um, she weighed in around three kilos at birth. Um, and like with all the placenta and all the fluids that you lose, um, I think I gained, I think I lost about five kilos straight away, which, you know, that's a plus. Like I didn't really have to do much, right? Uh, everybody- that, that wasn't actually something that was mentioned on like episode two, the push mm. about the placenta. Like it's like you were delivering a second baby. Like there's <laughs> weight that's associated with delivering the placenta as well. Yeah, absolutely. The placenta for anyone who doesn't know is huge. Like it's actually a a very big part of um, your body. And also the delivery of the placenta, a lot of people don't know can actually be more painful than delivering the baby um, because um, they try to get the all of the placenta out. Um, otherwise you could, could create, um, blood loss issues, um, for, for the, uh, for the woman later on. So they really, really push every part out of you. And I've heard horror stories where like the, the midwife or the obstetrician, like stick their whole arm in just to like literally scrape every part of the placenta out. Now that's an image that I don't want to like, inside and scrape it to, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Words I don't really want to yeah. hear associated with childbirth, but yeah. Um, and, you know, this is, like, too much information for a lot of people, but, like, I, I think I was – my placenta was sort of – like, I thought the obstetrician got all the placenta out, and I'm sure she did a fantastic job of doing that, but I was still sort of having placenta leaving my body a few days after, and that was really, really scary. Um, anyway, so – after um after Jade was born, I lost five kilos, and um, honestly, between the exhaustion and not finding time to eat and all of that stuff, I pretty much lost 
seven to eight kilos in the first week. And I know that probably sounds like really great <laughs> to a lot of women. Um, but I did not, that was the least concern that I had at that point. Like I could not care less how much weight I was losing. Um, but you know, every so often when I did step on the scale, I was looking at like seven to eight kilos that I had lost doing nothing at all apart from caring for this newborn. Um, and, and I guess I was blessed in a way for that because a lot of women who worry about weight loss after having a baby, um, really like I didn't do anything in particular. It's not like I was going for runs and like starving myself. Um, and I'm now, so I'm now four months postpartum and, um, I'm at around 63 kilos. So I'm only about three kilos, <laughs> um, you know, three kilos different to my pre-pregnancy self. So I guess I'm quite lucky in the sense, um, that I haven't really had to do anything extra. Um, but I have heard that it's always the last three to five kilos that stays with you for a very, very long time. They're very, very, very stubborn and it's very hard to lose. But honestly, it's, it's the last thing that I care about. It's funny, as we do this podcast, I have this little mental checklist, um, certain keywords pop up. Uh, you mentioned a word a moment ago, worry. Mm. Um, and basically, we this, this podcast isn't scripted. Um, it probably, maybe it doesn't seem like it's scripted either. That might be an obvious thing for some people. But we basically just pick a topic and we sit down and we choose to talk about it. Um, and when we very much enjoy, enjoy doing that. Mm. Um, but every time we do an episode we, you know, we come out of it saying, oh, that could be a great topic for another episode. Uh, and, and worry is, is a great one mm. um, because worry is probably the biggest thing that, that both of you do, um, uh, you know, husband, wife, husband, husband, wife and wife, however it may be, mm. um, but just worrying about um, what's going to happen to you and what's going to happen to your child or, yeah. you know, it's, um, it's such a big topic and, and that's certainly something that I think that, that we'll, we'll have to do a podcast on as well, an episode on. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, 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 there's always something to worry about. <laughs> there is, yeah. Um, but, yeah, to to sort of um, go off on the what we talked about before, which is weight loss, um, that's something that I'm, I guess, happy about. <laughs> um, but the other thing that I've had a loss of – is hair loss. And this is something that I didn't know much about. And I only started researching because I experienced it myself. But, um, you know how people talk about how like you're, you have such a glow and you have like amazing, luxurious hair during pregnancy. Well, I didn't really have that. Like I have really, really thick hair. Um, and during pregnancy, I didn't, like I had, I wouldn't say it's like luxurious, but it was really like nice and healthy and I didn't have much hair loss. Like, you know, normally when I wash my hair, there would be like a few strands that would fall out and that I didn't experience that for like nine months. And so I thought, oh, great. My health, my hair is really, really healthy. But like three, four months postpartum, I'm finding my hair just falling out like not in clumps because that would be really really terrifying but like not far off either like I think I'm losing like 
four times the amount of hair that I used to lose. Where, like, is it just when you're brushing your hair? Do you wake up in the morning yeah. and it's all in bed? Is it in clogging up the shower? Like, yeah, all of the above. I mean, I found your hair everywhere in general prior to Jade, like yeah. in the the strangest of places. Like, I remember going and getting like this tub of Greek yogurt out of the fridge <laughs> and like on the side of the Greek yogurt due to like the condensation and stuff of the fridge was just like strands of your hair and you don't eat that Greek yogurt. That's really gross. <laughs> it is. Um, well, I mean, it doesn't really bother me because I'm so used to finding it in so many places, but like, yeah, I just remember fi- like, I don't know what your hair was doing in the fridge. Um, in saying that, I haven't really noticed hair loss. Mm. I've certainly noticed my hair loss, um, <laughs> but I haven't noticed like your like, I haven't noticed that hair loss, I guess is what I'm saying. I mean, maybe I'm just too tired or, yeah. you know, maybe you're losing so much hair that when I look over at the pillow in the middle of the night, I think that you're still there. <laughs> but really, it's just like, I don't know. It's just the shape of, of my the head. The shape of your hair. Um, a big clump of your hair that's just that's just laying there. Um, yeah. And, like, I think um, if if you're someone who's experiencing this or have experienced this, like, I would say um, – don't worry, I guess, because apparently it's normal. Any although- wacky stuff that happens afterwards, just don't worry about it. <laughs> like, don't. There's our worry, our worry episode done. Don't worry. Um, um, yeah, no, because I, I was just terrified. I was thinking, you know, my hair's like all falling out, and I actually, um, it's funny because I really, really wanted to get my hair done after pregnancy. I was like, oh, was I'll no treat myself. I'll treat myself with like a hair salon visit, and then I realized that I've lost half my hair, so I don't need to go to the salon anymore. Um, so I'm worried. I probably shouldn't do anything to my hair in case I lose all of it. Yeah, yeah. So you should just save the hair though, like as in get it all and just put it in like a Coles bag or something, and then like just in case it all goes horribly wrong, like there's a lot you can do. With glue <laughs> and a bag of hair. Um, yeah, so that was a shocker. Um, <laughs> a shocker. A shocker. And um, so, yeah, and, and and I guess the other thing I found, um, which I did research about, so I wasn't completely blindsided by, is the amount of healing your body needs um, – postpartum um so obviously the last episode i talked about the fact that i had to get stitches from my second degree tear um that took like six weeks to heal um during which time i never looked at the stitches once because you just horrified me at the thought of um you know the the midwives and the nurses and and whoever it was that was attending to you like part of the routine checkup was the stitches yeah it was check on baby, um, you know, uh, ask questions about, you know, your mental health, my mental health. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, now let's take a quick look at your stitches. Now, um, <laughs> things change quite a lot from like um, like the sexual side of a relationship in that like – and this is – I hope I'm not going to offend you here, but like what – what was once, you know, something sacred. that was like, what was once sacred? No, what was once like, you know, like, um, like, you know, like sexy and all that sort of stuff. This is going, this is, I'm digging a hole here. What, what, what was that? Becomes very clinical, very medical is oh, what yeah. I'm saying. When you're in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. all of a sudden, like your vagina is no longer like this, like it's, 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 it's there. It's to serve this purpose to right. deliver this baby. 
and there's going to be damage that's done to it um, just due to <laughs> just due to, and that that was something that we discussed on on the yeah. push. We discussed you know tearing, um, you know, which is which is a pretty scary thing yeah. for you especially. But the point that I'm trying to make is this: like my perception of that didn't change. Like I didn't like. <laughs> I, I saw your vagina more, and this is possibly telling of our sex life, but I this saw your vagina. Unfiltered, right? Unfiltered, yeah. I saw your vagina more like during this like very short period. Like it's not like you're walking around the house just like flashing <laughs> and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's like a time and a place. Yeah. For when that's, but when you're in a hospital, it's just like there are people in the room and they're always like lifting up your gown and they're always like, you know, you're always effectively on display. Yeah. And, you know, it's all about like, your health and and Mm. maintaining and making sure that you can like get back to the way that you were. Mm. And at no point did I ever look at any of this and just go like, Ooh, I don't want to be a part of that. Like (laughs) I, do you know what I mean? Like I watched the whole thing. I filmed it again because it's something that we wanted to do and potentially something that that you want to look back on. I know you haven't yet. Um, (laughs) You could do a reaction video of you watching yourself. That's what you said. Um, Okay. Yeah. But, but like I, my my genuine concern was for like you to heal mm. and like you healing wasn't like, Oh my God, I can't wait until we can start having sex again. Mm. Um, because it wasn't about that. It was like, it was about you getting better. And genuinely mm. that was true. Like I know that, um, and this, this was mentioned to me. I think you might've mentioned it to me, but I'd also read it online that a lot of um, wives, uh, in fact, we were told this by mid- our midwife during the, the antenatal classes that a lot of, um, wives are concerned that their partners are going to leave them if they don't heal up quick enough to effectively have sex again. Yeah. And well, that's, that's not cool, man. Like, as in, like, <laughs> like, like, what do you, like, what? After and everything we've been through. After everything you've been through, you've then got to know that you've got to get better so that you can, like, satisfy your partner. Like, it's not. Yeah. It, and but, I mean, there, mu- there must be guys that feel that way. And, like, I, and, I think. And girls. You and I have had this conversation where I think, like I said, it's unrealistic for, for, to have this timeline, right? Like this idea that, oh, you know, like you can heal down there, like after pushing a baby out, like it's effectively you, you should be able to heal, um, like physically down there in six weeks. And it's sort of setting this, like, even if it's unsaid, but setting this un- expectation that, you know, you'll be like good to go <laughs> in six weeks time. And like, even if that's not what like the husband or the partner, um, even that's not, if, even if that's not what they're explicitly saying, like setting that timeline, of course, that's going to put in their head. It's like, oh, so we can have sex in six weeks. And like, that's like a clock ticking, right? But before we even get into that though, like, I've never had stitches, right? Yeah. I guess I wasn't a particularly adventurous child or I didn't fall far enough from a tree. <laughs> I definitely fell from something when I was a child, but like I, I didn't, I didn't need to get stitches. I didn't break anything. Um, and the point I'm trying to make is that stitches keep stuff together. Yes. It's in a very sensitive area yes. of which you routinely have to sit, stand, lay yep. down, move around. Yeah. And all of that applies pressure. Yeah. And I know that they do a fantastic job stitching you up, but like I can't comprehend that it's possible for the human body that has effectively been restapled together in a sensitive area <laughs> mm-hmm. to recover in six weeks. Absolutely. Like no point did I ever have it in my head that it, things were going to go back to the way they were in six weeks. And Again, to just be very open about this, we weren't really having a lot of sex 
towards the end. No. A, because it's incredibly difficult to do so because you've got very, another, you've got a giant human. It's very uh, awkward. Well, not a giant human. You've got a baby attached yeah. to you. Another, I, I'm the giant human. You're the giant human. Yeah. You're the giant human attached to the baby. <laughs> um, but like also it's not particularly comfortable. No. Um, you don't feel good. You feel like bloated and like right. gross. You don't feel sexy at you all. You don't. You're tired. Yeah. Which is like a difficult one on top of that. And so it applies a lot of pressure. And and truth be told, like we had tried um, and we, I mean, we were successful, I guess. But what I mean by that is that um, it, it ended up causing complications. We ended up having to go into the hospital prior to Jade being born. Yes. Very close to her being born um, because- there was bleeding. Yeah. And they the first question they asked is, have you had sex recently? And we're like, yes. And like straight away, they're like, oh, yeah, that's the reason. Well, it was scary because it didn't happen straight away after we had sex. Like it happened like two days after. And I, I like I was bleeding. And um, at the time I was 33 weeks. I remember this very like vividly. I was 33 weeks. So it was neither here nor there. Like I shouldn't have any bleeding anyways, but like to be having those sort of complications at that time, like that was super terrifying for me. And like, I didn't know, um, like one of the common causes is like, if you have sex towards the end, um, of the pregnancy, it could sort of pop a blood vessel, which is what happened. Um, because everything is so sensitive down there. And, um, and I thought it was something wrong with the baby. And like, even though I try to stay calm, I think internally I was really worried. And I had the worst case scenario in my head, obviously, as I often do. Um, and yeah, but apparently that's quite common. Yeah. Um, but even when it is common, I think that incident alone just made me so worried and like, you and I both were just like, oh, maybe we shouldn't try I remember I said, like- I'm ne- not going to have sex with you anymore, is what I immediately said, <laughs> yeah. which is something that I never thought would come out of my mouth. Um, but I was just scared. Like, it was the scariest moment for us mm. leading up to Jade being born because at any time, you know, <laughs> when there's blood too early, mm. um, you know, it's, Absolutely. it's, yeah, it's, it's a scary thing. Yeah. And I think um, to, to go back to the point of like setting that expectation, I think- you know, like you said, it's a very sensitive area that have gone through a lot of trauma, um, and is, you know, physically changed, um, in, in the way that it, it is tearing. And, um, and I think like, if you think about it, to, to set that expectation that we're going to do something like physically intimate it is going to be a lot of pressure on top of everything that has to, be dealt with like post pregnancy, uh, yep. so post baby. So I think, um, I mean, I hope I'm not just speaking for myself. Like I think a lot of women experience that that is a part of them that sort of hangs over them. Mm. Like thinking, man, like when, when it's going to be the first time to have sex again after the baby and like, how am I going to feel? And like, you know, but I have to do it because like, that's probably what, everyone expects yeah uh, or at least like what my partner expects um even if they don't say that um and to be honest with you like i think it definitely doesn't feel the same um like i had the expectation that you know when you have a baby 
everything sort of stretches is stretched out yeah. and um you know everyone's worried about how like oh they're not going to feel good anymore yeah. um but actually it was the opposite yeah. like i actually thought um you know instead of everything being stretched out it was like not stretched out <laughs> yeah um everything hurts a lot more yeah um and yeah like i think it takes a lot of getting used to um to to feel normal again yeah absolutely and even you know four months in it's mm. still a work in progress it mm. still takes a lot of patience and a lot of time yeah um for those people that can get back on track in six weeks sure but i mean you've got to you've got to factor in so much more um you you know you've got to you've got to factor in um uh, like how tired you are, how mm. much work you're putting into taking care of the baby. Yeah. Um, you know, your, your work, if you're, if you're working again, um, yeah. just other responsibilities, like all of these things take a, a backbone to it. And then when you finally do find the time to, to actually have sex and be intimate again, um, you know, you've got to weigh up, well, like, should I just be sleeping right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you do go for it, it may not work out the way that you think it will. It, it's, yeah. it's a slow and steady process to get back to where you were. And, yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, I mean, there's, there's two people involved here, mm. um, you know, and, and both of you need to make sure that you both feel good about it. So there's a lot of communication that's in, that's involved. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, that's a, that's another, another topic, a bigger topic. Yeah. Um, uh, and probably one that we're better off discussing at a later point, mm. you know, once we, once we know more. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, <laughs> maybe too much information, but I think like we're getting, we're getting back <laughs> well, on track with that. I, I always um, wanted to be as honest as possible in this podcast. And I think that's a huge component of a lot of people's um, lives after having a baby. And if, if it helps to talk about it, then, you know, I think it's good that we're discussing it openly. I get the vibe that this is probably going to be one of the more popular topics, um, mm. uh, not not just the postpartum, but but sort of what happens after and, and, and sex mm. um, after a baby. So, that yeah, that's certainly something we'll revise. On, on the postpartum angle, is there anything else that you can think of that you'd want to add? Um, I guess we talked a lot about the physical side of it. Um, there is the other side of the coin, which is the mental, and that is a huge, huge topic in its own. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll cover it in more of a detail in, in a separate episode. Yep. But I definitely have felt a lot of anxiety um, postpartum. And I think um, for, for someone like m- – myself like i know my personality i'm usually someone who's pretty um pretty stable in terms of like my emotions um like i know i'm a stable person but like in terms of showing emotions and like i usually am not anxious about many things at all in my life um i sort of self-regulate my emotions um but having a baby whether it's sort of the physiological like the chemistry um, obviously all the hormones that are still, you know, going wacko like during pregnancy and, and, and after, I feel like my emotions are sort of like up and down a lot more. Like there are moments where I'm just like incredibly happy and in love um, with this thing that we created, with this baby that we <laughs> This baby thing, yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the other, the dip 
is is like just as bad, which is like, you know, I'm I get incredibly frustrated at times, and I'm sure like the sleep deprivation plays a huge part. But you know, I'm always anxious. I'm always worried about something.、Um, you know, I'm worried about the fact that she doesn't sleep well. She's fussy. But when like she goes for a few hours without making a sound in her sleep, I'm like, why isn't she making a sound? Like you know, it's kind of like both sides of everything makes you anxious,、um, and that's a huge part of some. Of postpartum that I didn't expect. I thought my emotions would be quite stable and regulated、um, after pregnancy, but、um, it's something that I think、um, I'm dealing with every day.、Um, I don't think I'm depressed, but I think there are definitely a lot of situations where I feel incredibly helpless and. Um, just in ways that I've never really felt before. Like when things are outside of my control pre-pregnancy, I'm totally okay with it. Um, but now it's like when I feel helpless, I feel like I'm at a really low point, which I never really expected to happen. Um, so. Yeah, and that and that's like the mental part of postpartum that, like, I guess I'm still working on.、Um, I don't know about you in terms of like your emotions.、Um, I, I think I think we will save that for another time.、Yeah. Um, there's it, it certainly continues, you know, long after、mm. long after you, your little one arrives. Oh yeah,、um, and. I guess that the message here, and and to wrap this this particular episode up, the, the message here is, you may not always know that your partner、um, is going through something.、Mm. Um, Jen is an incredibly strong woman who、um, very rarely is vocal about、um, how she feels, especially if if it's negative. It's not to say that you walk around trying to be positive or you, you're you're faking positivity. Exactly, it's not that at all. You just sort of Keep it to yourself, and that's honestly where things can get dangerous. I think you and I have both been pretty lucky that it hasn't hit us in a big way,、mm. or at least that I'm I'm aware of when it comes to you. But I'm also at work for you know nine hours a day, so、um, yeah. there's things that I might miss,、um, and you you definitely have to be aware.、Um, and just yeah, on a on a completely separate note, like the lo- the love part sort of never stops, but it never. It never hurts to remind your partner that you love them. Yeah, and that actually goes a long way. I feel、yeah. it certainly goes a long way when you tell me, and it just there's some sort of reality check. Yeah,、um, I like that you called it. You you referred to it as like the dip. Yeah, that's a that's a a good name. A good name for it. I think it's important to sort of know that.、Um, Even though, like this new new person in your life, can be the most important thing in your life,、um, but like, don't forget about the partner. You don't forget about your partner who existed, you know,、uh, alongside this experience, and also is a huge、um, part of your life who's important, and their importance should not be overshadowed by. 
this newborn who requires pretty much all of your attention and time and all and love and all those things. There's, there's seriously just the, the more we go on, there's so much that we can talk about. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to continue this actually, um, yeah. this specific topic, but just all the topics that sprout from every episode, it mm. almost feels endless. Mm. Um, and there's so much to cover as, as you know, she grows older as well. Because, yeah. You know, the worries and the concerns that we have now are one, you know, are one thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's going to change. I mean, uh, another another topic is, you know, sleep. We want to talk about our sleep and her sleep. Yeah. But soon, you know, she may very well be crawling. Yeah. And then we've got to deal with this baby that doesn't sleep that can also, like, escape from you, right? So, um, yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll wrap this up again. Yeah. Um, I'll keep this, this outro short. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Assuming I can get this one up on YouTube. Uh, a big boy camera did die um, yep. <laughs> during this. I was like, for those of you that were watching, my like vision was constantly going back, trying to pay yeah. attention to the camera and make sure it was still filming, but we, we might have a backup there. Um, but yeah, look, um, listen to us uh, anywhere you can. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, I've been told that we're on Overcast by some of our American uh, mm-hmm. listeners. Um, our friends and family have been... Uh, you know, uh, supporting been us. very supportive. Yeah. You know, um, we popped up some stuff on Facebook uh, just to, you know, do a little bit of promotion there. Um, there's always Jen and Jace uh, Instagram, J E double N, J E N N. And yeah, um, just make sure you reach out to us, podcast at jenandjace.com. And we uh, we really would love to hear from more of you because we're, we're really loving this, but we need to, to feel the love in return. So yeah, yeah, don't forget to pop up some reviews and stuff as well. It, it really does go a long way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.